people think, oh, this is so great, I'm multitasking. Well, you're not doing any of them well. So if you're trying to listen to somebody while you're multitasking and you're on your phone and you're doing this and doing that, you're probably not listening as well as you could be. You know what? Maybe that's the problem with my Mets. Maybe they're multitasking. (laughs) (laughs) You just just brought in a new perspective for me. Hi, and welcome to the Compassionate Achiever podcast. It is our second one. So excited to be here. Glad to have you along. I'm Tracy Day. And I'm Dr. Chris Cook. Yes, Yes. this is our second podcast. It is. We made it back. We did. (laughs) And you were in my head today. Uh I I came out of a meeting earlier um, this morning, and I was thinking, hmm. Wait a minute. Does your husband know? Yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. We're just in my head. Okay, that's okay, all. okay, that's okay. All. All right. That's all. It wasn't like a sultry dream or anything. Uh, and no offense to that. But, um, no, but I was thinking of you because I was getting so frustrated with this person. And I was like, okay, Tracy, come on. Be compassionate. You know, that's how you have success. That's how you become a compassionate achiever. I wasn't really very compassionate this morning. I was really just, and I was like trying to think, you know, it's like, what would Chris do? What would the book (laughs) tell me to do? And I wasn't doing it very well at all. So do you ever have those moments where you just... I think we all do. (laughs) Throwing compassion to the wind? Well, and that's what the Compassion Achiever is about, right? And that hopefully this the podcast was also going to provide tools to people to help us all get through those moments because there's sometimes when we just don't... I didn't have the toolbox this morning, let me tell you. we're not feeling compassion, right? And so how do you get into the compassion mindset? And we all have different ways to get in a reset button. And for me, you know, that's where sports came in in a big way. So when game day is on, no matter how you're feeling, you got to get up. You got to get ready for the game. Put your game face on. Well, and that's what I think compassion is a, a lot like. Right? How do you? What gets you going and gets those dopamine, you know, <laughs> neurotransmitters going? What is it that gets each one of us to go in that way? And for me, it happens to be music. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's one way I get get do it. It's when I'm talking to somebody. I also clear away my desk, so I have a, a straight line of sight, and it's like a reset button for me. And so I think what we all have to find is those reset buttons. And you were just kind of punching away at some I buttons. I missing the button. I was really <laughs> right. missing the button today. And so it's for you, you know, um, is there somebody in your past um, that made you feel like they gave you nothing but compassion? Oh, definitely. Yeah. My mom was just very compassionate. And, um, in, you know, that subtle like a sledgehammer way. But, and I say that in, with all, you know, positive meaning that, um, but she was very compassionate, but she had some definite standards. And I think that's hard. We talked about in the last podcast about, are you born with it or is it something that you learn? And you mentioned both, Both. right? Right. It is. It's both. We, we have it in us and we sometimes don't learn it, but then there are people around us that can bring us up bring us up to that level that 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 I think when everyone when you feel compassion in a place and you know on campus here for me man when I walk in on the morning into the honors house and I go I yell good morning honors house and I get Dr. Cook or Dr. K 
you can feel it coming back. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, you're in a place where you can do anything. And that's and, what I mean about success, man. And who is that go-to person for you? That compassionate person? I mean, somebody must oh, have I'm done something for you to, <laughs> yeah. to, you to say- write this book. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and I've got, I've got a couple people that are my go-to and one's my wife, mm-hmm. my wife, Ellie, and she's, she's my everything. And you know, when I, I start the book with her, right. And I end the book with her. And she, she's my go-to. And, and, but I also had, I had two great-grandmothers. And I have a theory about grandmothers. That okay. grandmothers make the world go around. And physics, physics, and astronomers are all going to prove that grandmas make the world go round someday. Because how so in physics? I mean, how, do, how does that translate? I think that on the quantum physics level, that grandmas give this love that is just unbridled. It's something that they just have for their grandchildren that is second to none. And I felt that. You felt that. Oh my gosh, did I feel that. And they gave me so much strength. And so, you know, when things are down and chips are down, I, I, get, I have images of, you know, three great women in my life. My, both my grandmothers, my ter- maternal and paternal, and my wife. And those three faces... Get I don't think going. Ellie would like you calling her <laughs> grandmother at that point, but well, it's time. we're going to let it's that time. go. It's we're time. Gonna... <laughs> well, that's the thing. We have, there's so many compassionate achievers around us, mm-hmm. right? It, and that's interesting because now that you say that, my grandmothers really had that same effect on me, true. And, and now all these people that I know are becoming grandparents mm-hmm. and say, it is the best. You don't look that old. I oh, I say. believe me. I could be a grandparent <laughs> any moment. My kids keep saying to me, mom, it's not quite yet, but any moment. <laughs> um, but they say it's the best because you can have that compassion and just that un- undying love. But you don't have to have all those rules and regulations and and have to raise these kids to be, you know, functioning <laughs> members of society. You can just love on them and just then pass them back. And you don't have to have all those well, strict rules. Well, it, it, you're right. And my grandmothers had great ways of, because being compassionate is not only that loving kindness, but also helping overcome a problem. Right? And, it's that second component of right. act. And my grandmothers always seem to find it in each of their grandchildren by asking questions, mm. right? They always ask mm-hmm. us, you know, well, did you do this? Did you do that? Right? And it was very cool because it taught us how to look at it ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And they Solve it for yourself. Yeah, but they were like the guardrails for us, mm-hmm. right? And, and they, would, they would watch. And, you know, I, I, for me, I think we forget about the people right around us. We forget the people right in front of us. They become all, almost invisible. And we, we too many times I think we take people like that for granted. Or we take things out on the people that we mm, love. Yeah, you're you right. You know, the people that we're closest to, sometimes that's really hard. You've had a bad day, you come home, and you're like, you just want to unload instead of, you know, unleashing on the person that you weren't so compassionate to in the meeting this morning, Trace. (laughs) (laughs) But you take it home, and that's not a good thing. Because those are the people that you love. You should be the most compassionate to those people. Right, and and to me, that's where music comes back in and out. So when I'm going, you know, for a class or when I'm doing a, uh, going into a meeting that's going to, I know it's going to be a little tough, I play superheroes by the script. 
You know, that's my go-to song. But then when I'm coming home and I had a rough day, I put on on the record player or the or the tape tape that or now it's Alexa. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I put on our uh, wedding song from my wife, Chicago. You're the inspiration, and for me that gets that sets, changes the whole mood. It's like a reset button. That's the changes first, the tone. Yeah, it's the first song we dang, dance to as husband and wife, and it just automatically, man, it's like. Snap of the fingers. It just changes everything, changes the whole mood. And I, we have, all, all of us have those tools right around us, right? And so I'm hoping we get into kind of like the compassionate Swiss army knife of how to, you know, unpack problems <laughs> right. that happen to every day to all of us. And it, it's not that when you're a compassionate achiever that you're a saint because none of us are, right? But we can certainly make this a better place to live and a better place to work. Right? And, and a better place to raise children in, in whatever town you're in. It's, I think we all have that responsibility and we all can be that resilient if we want to. And it's a choice. You freaking put on a song that gets you to go where you want to go. Attitude adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and that's part of what I loved about the book is it does give you tools to use. So... What what's the one thing that you would love for somebody to walk away with after they read this book? What's like what's the message behind it? Well, you can achieve success at a higher level, at a more sustained level, for over a longer period of time if you weave compassion into your game plan, mm-hmm. right? And into your tactics, into your strategy. Uh, and I don't care what it is. It could be on Wall Street. It could be in a classroom. It could be on a baseball field. It could be anywhere. And I think compassion, you know, we usually talk to, at least I was, that you gotta have grit, right? You gotta have intelligence. You gotta have talent. But compassion was never a part of the equation. But yet, when I saw the people succeed for a long time, and at a high level, they did take care of other people. Mm-hmm. And they did look at other people. Don't get me wrong, Tracy. There, there are work jerks who did get to the top. But boy, they flamed I've out. I've worked for a few of them. <laughs> I think we all have. Can, yeah. I think we all have. Everybody's got one. Yeah. <laughs> at least. Yeah, exactly. Right? But I learned from them. They flamed out. Mm-hmm. They fell. And when they started falling, nobody was there. to. They, everyone watched them fall. No one mm-hmm. there to pick them up. Where the compassionate achievers, when they started falling, they didn't even have to fall very much. There was someone there to stop them from falling. Or if they did fall, there were a bunch of people there to pick them up. Mm-hmm. And wanted to see them succeed. And get back right, on, on their feet. And and, yeah. And, right. and it, so it's in front of us. And it's, it's in popular press. It's in the business. For example, Enron. Right? Enron was supposedly a model of businesses. Mm-hmm. And all that it cared for was its own bottom line. It never gave back. It drove electricity into the ground so it could drive its profits up. But where are they now? They're gone. Right. They don't exist anymore, right? But yet you have the Patagonias of the world who give back to their communities. And they have not only high levels of success, but sustained success. They're still around. And the Enrons of this world go. They fall apart. And I think if we just look yeah, around kind us... kind of self-implode. Right? And that's that. Darwin. Mm-hmm. That's Darwin, you know, and the natural species, but then take it to... You know, the economy, it's the same thing. And I think we just don't, we're blind. It's our own personal blind spot as a culture. We haven't seen compassion as that 
that, that last key factor. And I'm hoping this book brings back, this podcast, brings compassion alive to people's strategies, the way they live their lives. And you know, for me, we just had Memorial Day, right? And we, we honor those who fell, who sacrificed their lives. But when I was going over the people who I know who lost their lives and served, my uncle, for example, they weren't heroes just because they sacrificed their life. They were also heroes by the way they chose to live their life. Mm -hmm. And choosing compassion as a way to live your life, I think, and this is why the script comes back for me, the music group, you become a superhero in your own world and, and, and for other people. You help other people. And man, it just, it builds you up. You can't help but to be up, right? Because yeah, there's some stuff that's going down around you that's, that's pretty much a bummer, but you're helping build that back up, the people back up, the organization back up. And I think if we had more people who felt that way and did that way, man, our, not only would our organizations be flying high, but our communities and society would be flying high. And I, I don't think we, we give enough credence to that compassion. So compassion is inextricably tied to success. And you say, okay, so you mentioned earlier, you think you're kind of born with it, but you can also help it to grow yes. by your experiences. And um, I, I love the book because it's an easy read. It's very, um, it's digestible, but nice. I love it because it's also a plan. So you have a four-step plan in the book yeah. to um, be more compassionate. Luca, right? Yes, so Luca. Tell, tell me about Luca. So L-U-C-A. And LUCA stands for, the, the initial stands for L is listen, listen to learn. And we'll get a little into that. U is understand, understand to know. C is connect to capabilities. And A is act to solve. And LUCA is, has many different meanings. It's a name. And the name in different languages means basically bringer of light. Really? Yes, and especially in Italian, bring your So life. did you know that before you put no. this acronym together? No, or? no, really? I had it actually, you know, um, I had listening, I had understanding, I actually to know, and I wasn't sure how I was going to, you know, move that around. And I was like, no, you just got to understand. It's part of compassion, it's, right? It's one of the key parts. And how do you understand? Well, you got to listen, mm -hmm. right? If you don't listen, you're not going to understand. Um, and, and then what really got me it wasn't actually the name. It was something in science, believe it or not. I'm a big science geek. I love sci-fi. I love, you know, anything quantum physics. I love parallel universes, and and it's okay, a hobby. I'm sorry, you're speaking a different language. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. And, no, I'm kidding. And I got into I got into some cool biology that I hadn't learned before, and Luca was one of the things. And that's when it popped out to me. I was like, wait a minute. Those are my initials. And in science, it stands for the last universal common ancestor of all life on Earth. Wow, so it has all these acronyms that all these different things that and then yeah, and I, then you applied it to exactly how to learn to be compassionate. And to me, it makes so much sense because it's part of science, it's part of culture, right? The Lucas means bringer of light and culture, and in science, it's the last universal common ancestor. And I believe compassion is that last common value, virtue, and verb that we all share mm -hmm. uh, together. And so, listening to learn is the first one. And that one's the biggest one for me. You know, if someone's gonna come away and how do you be compassionate? But the first thing you have to do is learn to listen. 
Mm-hmm. And because we're, we're a culture that listens to reply, mm. right? We, we don't Or we're down. so preoccupied with doing 10 things <laughs> at once <laughs> that we're just, you know, this multitasking thing. To me, I think it's useless. And Tracy, I, your, I really neuroscience backs you up. Neuroscience says it shows no one can do multitasking. You know, people think, oh, this is so great. I'm multitasking. Well, you're not doing any of them well. So if you're trying to listen to somebody while you're multitasking and you're on your phone and you're doing this and doing that, you're probably not listening as well as you could be. You know what? Maybe that's the problem with my Mets. Maybe they're multitasking. (laughs) (laughs) You just just brought in a new new perspective for me. Maybe you could go over there and have them read the book. Oh, man. Tracy, don't even talk like that because that would be a dream of mine, right, to go to City Field and be with the Mets. Um, I actually, different topic later, but um, uh, I actually, my wife gave me a gift uh, be with the Mets for a week and awesome. you know, yeah, it was awesome. She, like I said, I married way above me. And, <laughs> um, but listening to learn is the first, understanding to know, I gotta understand to know what you need to do in order to help someone, right? And then it's uh, connecting to capabilities. Sometimes you have the capability to help someone, but sometimes, like we talked about before, sometimes you have to connect with someone else and connect those two people together and, and you know, get the problem solved. Mm-hmm. And then act to solve. Right. Make sure they connect. Right. Make sure that's that, that second component. Of exactly. That commitment to act. Right. A commitment. Right. That to me, when I gave my vows to my wife, to my wife. Right. And I'm to her. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we don't take those commitments as real. You know, I remember my grandfather and my grandmother teaching me the importance of a handshake. Mm. When you shook on something. I tend to hug on things now, though. <laughs> but when you shake, right, when you have that handshake, that was your word. You were going to do it. And it's like your RSVP thing, mm-hmm. right? When you RSVP, right, that's your, one of your pet peeves. I think we forgot that, that importance of the handshake. Your word is, is everything. And I think compassion brings that back because compassion is also having it for yourself and that respect for yourself, right? And if you can't meet your deadlines, if you can't, you know, say that, you know, you're going to do this and help, help someone you know, carry through and then you fall down for no good reason just because you didn't want to do it. You know, that says something about maybe where you have to grow a little. And maybe you have to act for yourself. You and we have to look at, look in and say, what do I need to do? And we all hit that, mm-hmm. right? And I, I'm, when I wrote this book, you know, someone asked me, what gives me the right, <laughs> to write compassion? And it's not, it's that I was told to do the opposite things. Of compassion so I wanted to write a book that showed the hardcore science hardcore economics hardcore politics of the power of compassion and success it's not that you know I'm a saint ask my wife <laughs> right? and it's we're gonna have her on the show real over. and it, it's about making a world a more successful and a better place right? mm-hmm. and it's all it's within our power it's, it's each one of us doing it. And I think we forgot the power of one. The power of one, and I talk about the number in the book, is actually connected to all the other numbers. In, in Mathematics. What way? Mathematics shows the power of one. And we can do a whole show on that. Maybe we have a mathematician in Ooh, and cover that. It would be kind I of like cool, that. right? Yeah. That when you times um, one by any number, what does it give you? It gives you that number. One's a part of every number, hmm. right? So we treat one 
as distinct as independent. But even in mathematics, they don't. It's connected to every other number. And it's right in front of us. We all learned our times tables. I hope we did, actually. Right? <laughs> One times well, two Well, half is the two. time they don't anymore. You, you know you have a calculator. So it's like, oh, yeah. that, let's not go there. No. That. Um, <laughs> so but, that's so it is so it's it's connected. And, yes. and, and that's what you're saying people need to do by being compassionate is to connect with We're one another We're a social more. species. That's how mm-hmm. we survived. We survived over the bigger animals by teaming up together and connecting together. Mm-hmm. This is our own history. But we poo-poo it or we discount it because we think we know better. And what I've tried to do is the footnotes. HarperCollins did a great job. They put all the scientific footnotes in the back. So if you want to go see where I got the, the science from, it's right there. You don't have to go to a different website. They put it all in the back. And that's what I want. I want to have these discussions. Mm-hmm. right? Because the people who believe that you have to be so self-centered, that you have to be self-interested in order to succeed, they don't have any science to back them up. They don't even have math to back them up. I want to know what backs them up. Right. Where, Is it their own narcissism? Where they get to that conclusion. How they yeah, I'd like, love those mm-hmm. discussions. So how did you get involved with compassion? Like, I know you do some other things with compassion. You did the Compassionate Society. Mm-hmm. You're, all, you're all about the compassion thing. <laughs> so so why, how did that come about? Well, it's a funny thing. It's um, I coming to this university, coming to Western Connecticut State University, um, my wife was very, very ill. And she graduated from here, and she was born in a hospital less than a half a mile away. And this was her home, her hometown. And I had taken her away from my service days as a counterintelligence agent. Um, I played baseball up in Boston. I went to school up in Boston. And, and I knew she wanted to be back here. And she was not, the doctors in Boston said she was dying. And she had about six months to live. And so mm. I moved back to the place where I knew she loved. And it's the least I could do. And I, I was writing my doctoral dissertation at the time, and I was at Harvard. And I um, f- talked to my advisors, and they all squared away, and I can do my work down here and then you know, go up every so often up there. And uh, I um, fell in love. I got an adjunct position here at first and uh, fell in love with the students here. Probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> I probably can't rest. <laughs> Love and Not meaning. in that way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in, in respect. In respect. They, their hunger. Their hunger here. They had something to prove here. And the position opened up, and you know, I was like, you know, they, they, they offered me tenure track. And that's a hard... There's not too many places that offer you tenure anymore, or tenure track. And so I took that here, and, and I came here because of my wife, and I'm staying here because of the students. But... Both of them connected me, believe it or not, with the Dalai Lama. We hosted the Dalai Lama here for two days. And it took us, wow, close to five years to get him all the, the things to get through the hoops to get him here. And I didn't want his visit here to be one and done, mm-hmm. a one-time event. And so we started a Center for Compassion, Creativity, and Innovation. I'm the founding director of that. And it, we're, we're involved with so many communities uh, and community organizations. Um, here, Charter uh, for Compassion International with Karen Armstrong. Um, we're involved with them. But what was beautiful was that the students wanted to be a part of it, and the students were driving it. And so I became involved on learning about the compassion in general, just getting ready for the Dalai Lama. And then I realized, whoa, 
there's more to this than what you hear from the Dalai Lama, at least when it comes from our culture, the Western culture. And so I started seeing the connections with success, but also it made me realize what my wife did for so many years. She's a compassionate achiever. She's helping other people, not because she would get anything from it, just because you know she knew she it was, wanted to. Right, and but it came back for successes with her as well. And you know, I I respect her, and not just love her. You know, I think love and respect are together. But she's a person that I think I would love for so many other people to meet. Mm-hmm. And she rubs off on on you in, in such a positive way. And so it made me kind of rethink and re-look at so many aspects of parts of my life and and the people that allowed me to share their lives with. And I realized, oh my gosh, <laughs> compassion's the key. Yeah. yeah, and and compassion was everything. And 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 I was told the opposite by mm-hmm. my mentors, my bosses, my coaches, and it really bothered me. And so I wanted to find out more and then my critics were talking about Charles Darwin so I was like you know what I just got to read all of Darwin and then when I did it's like my critics don't know Darwin they're using Darwin but they don't even understand what Darwin wrote I was so excited just by listening to my critics right and goes back to your Luca it helped me succeed Mm -hmm. and if I didn't listen to them I, I I wouldn't have written this book and by the way, I just want to circle back that your wife is okay. Yes, right? yes, she like, is. <laughs> yeah, she gave. Just wanted to leave that on a high note. Natural <laughs> birth to three boys, all underwater. So Amazing. she is. She's a strong, strong person. Good. Yeah. So she's healthy. She's healthy she's, now. Oh, yeah. good. Yep. Yeah. Well, she certainly was very infectious <laughs> when she got up and spoke and introduced you. And so you're obviously both very compassionate about one another and about the topic. Yeah. Too. Uh, well, so, I don't know how you, I think compassion and passion, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's part together. of it. It is. Part of the word, <laughs> you know. With, with passion. Yeah, right? exactly. That, um, well, I look forward to the next podcast. Um, first of all, I think we should tell people where they can find the book, um, right? I mean, yeah. The book can be found in any place. You can buy uh, a hardcover or electronic, so you can get it on Amazon in many different forms, even in audio. Audio uh, library has them. Um, so you can get it in many different forms at Barnes & Noble, um, any indie bookstore, um, Amazon, HarperCollins, anywhere. anywhere. Anywhere you can find a book, and it's all across the world. Now. And it's called The Compassionate Achiever, How Helping Others Fuels Success by Dr. Chris Cook. It was great to talk to you. Well, thanks, And I Tracy. look forward to the next one where we're going to actually have some compassionate achievers join us. Uh, yes, and that's and I'm hoping what we learn from our guests is how we all can unleash the compassionate achiever within ourselves to unlock our own success. So my hope is that we get these really cool different ways of unleashing compassion within us to achieve success in whatever field we're in, whatever we want to do. We wanted to be the best dad. Mm-hmm. You wanted to be the best boss, or you wanted to move up a ladder. And how do you do it where you can bring success, not just to you, but to everyone around you? And, and I hope we get that. Find those nuggets from yeah. each of these people. That That's what I'm hoping we get. Bring different things to the table. 
seems like that is a good place to wrap it up for a second podcast. And uh, But be sure to join WCSU Media and uh, join us for the next Compassionate Achiever podcast. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Tracy. 